0: Most creatives are great at their craft, but don't know how to grow their business. But here's the truth. When you don't have a plan to grow your business, you stay stuck in survival mode, stuck at the same level, the same income, and you can never break through the ceiling. You also waste time and money on strategies that promise the world, but simply don't work for you. And worst of all, you lose confidence in your ability and start to believe maybe you're not cut out for running a business. If that sounds like you, if you've taken your business to the level that you can get it to and you are stuck and you need a breakthrough to your next level, then I wanna invite you to apply to join me in the Next Level Club. We're about to do another kickoff with a new intake of creative service providers and we're looking for a few different types of people to join us. So if you're at 5K a month already, minimum. If you are a creative service provider, so photographer, designer, consultant, copywriter, marketer, whatever that looks like. And if you are really serious about growing your business, about busting through that ceiling, then you should apply to join the club. All you need to do to get started is head to laurahiggins.com forward slash next dash level. You can fill out the application and if it's a good fit, we'll let you know. Alrighty, let's dive in to today's episode. Welcome back to My Business Playbook. It is so good to be hanging out with you today. Now, today is a special interview because I am joined by Lizzie Grant of White Point Creative. Now, Lizzie is a client of ours inside of The Next Level Club. She has been with us since day one. And so it's been really cool to see her business grow. It's been really cool to see how she has really thrived and scaled her business over the past 12 months. So it was really special for me on a number of levels, because when we rebranded, I was able to work with Lizzie to design our Show It website. And if you followed me for a while, you you will know like how big our rebrand was. We went from a company brand called Lala Social Club into a personal brand called Laura Higgins, which is just my name. And it was really important to me that I felt really good about the people I was working with. And so immediately when I was like, who can help me to elevate my website and really make it beautiful? I thought of Lizzie and it was just really cool because she was a client and then I was a client of hers and it was just such a cool process um, to be part of. So I wanted to get Lizzie on to talk really about the power of branding and why it's so important for us to have a fresh and strong brand in 2023. Why we need a powerful brand, why it's worth investing in to cut through the noise. I cannot tell you how many people when they have a sales call with me, if I ask them, hey, like why me? Like why not someone else? Most of them are like, it's your vibe. And it's really hard to quantify what your vibe is, but your brand plays a huge part of your vibe and your vibe attracts your tribe. So it's really important that we get this right. This conversation is all about branding. You are going to love this. Even if you have a really solid brand, there are going to be little things that Lizzie shares about that you are going to find helpful, tactical things that you can upgrade your branding with. So let's dive into my conversation with Lizzie Grant of White Point Creative. Well, Lizzie, my friend, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast with me. This is so special and fun to me because you are one of our This is this is actually fun. You're one of our clients and I have been one of your clients in the past, so it's really fun to pretty much just have a chat today about branding about the power of having a really really epic brand and what it means for your business and how it actually impacts your bottom line in business. And it's been really cool for me seeing just how your business has just thrived and how you've grown and built your business and niched down. But tell us like really quickly, I'd love for you to give us like the 30 second kind of rundown of what you do at White Point Creative.
1: Yeah. So we are a digital boutique creative agency. I say boutique because we're a small but mighty group of women who collaborate. Um, I am not someone to ever say that I can do it all perfectly. So I have wonderful women who are experts in their own niches. And we come together on big projects for clients. We're kind of an all-inclusive resort style. (laughs) And um, yeah, we serve coaches and just online women, female solopreneurs who are looking to level up, reach new heights, um, and really at the end of the day, gain more freedom without taking away income.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love that you have really worked on, okay, it's not just about aesthetics. It's not just about it like your brand and your website looking and feeling good. It's actually about how it impacts your business, how it helps you to make more money, have more impact, but also to have more freedom and flexibility in your life. Talk to me about how your business has evolved, because I feel like you've, you've kind of got this really epic offer now where you've got this all inclusive kind of, like you said, resort style offer, but talk to me about how you, how you started.
1: Yeah. So I originally got my start. Um, Oh my gosh. I mean, if we go like all the way back, like I was a photographer long before I ever touched really a computer because my dad's a photographer. So we'd go around and we both have our cameras and, you know, we'd shoot things and um, he was, he's still OG. He still uses film to this day. Um, But for me, I've always seen the world through kind of a creative lens. So Mm -hmm um high school I was a photographer on the newspaper was introduced to you know like InDesign and some of those programs went to college for graphic design and then graduated had no idea what to do with my degree um I feel like with most graduates um (laughs) I had the skill but I did not know how to actually turn that into a paycheck (laughs) so I freelanced and I got to experience um My the career graphic design from so many different angles and industries, um, all across the yeah, all across the globe, and then um, opened up White Point Creative because I kind of found what I liked, um, you know, a little bit here, found what I really didn't like a little bit there, and so I put it all together in my own way.
0: Yeah, I love I love that, and I feel like seeing how your journey has evolved has been really really cool to watch. I want to talk with you about branding and and really you know, kind of almost go back to the fundamentals of why our brand matters. Because, you know, we worked with you on our rebrand recently where we had um, you come in and and do our show it website, which was amazing. And, you know, since doing our rebrand and working with such an incredible team, we have seen that like our business is growing. It's like, it's all clicked into place and the momentum is here now and we're kind of just rolling with the momentum. And I can't, you know, I know that there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle, but I can't disconnect the brand and the the new freshness of our brand and the, the website and the branding was by Avenir, but the website was by you. I can't disconnect that part from our success that we're seeing now. And so I'd love for you to talk to, like, why do you think branding is so important for business owners in 2023. Why do you think it's so important for us to have this, all of these pieces working together?
1: Yeah, I think the most simplest answer when you really reduce it all, get really gran- granular is that we live in a highly visual world. And I know that seems everyone's going to go, duh. <laughs> but that's the truth is we, we look with our eyes and that's how we're going to consume information. That's how we're going to make snap judgments. Um, you know, the old saying of like, don't judge a book by its cover. People absolutely judge books by their covers. They absolutely do. Um, and they do the same thing with your website. They do the same thing when they look at your business card, when they walk into your store and they see the packaging for your products all of that, they're absolutely judging it <laughs> yeah. and people will absolutely pay more for something they visually like, and they will absolutely walk away from or abandon their cart um, or not purchase from you. If that experience visually for them is just not working, like if they're not attracted to it, they don't feel um, confident in it. They don't feel like they can trust you. Mm. Um, those types of things. So all of those elements feed into that visual and just experience that they have with your brand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone listening who is kind of like, okay, so my brand is look and feel and my logo. What would you say to someone who kind of feels like it's it's a little bit one dimensional and it's like graphics only kind of thing? What what do you think are the key elements of of a solid brand?
1: So the first thing is, of course, making sure they understand that a brand is more than a logo, and it is the experience that someone has with your business. So, um, you know, when you walk into your favorite store, like your favorite chain, like that ex- that experience of like everything from the music to the type of furniture to the packaging, um, everything has been highly curated. Starbucks is one of my favorite examples for that. Mm. They have spent so, I mean, millions of dollars Purposely curating the customer's experience, everything from the playlist that they play um, to, like I said, the packaging to the logos, all of that is the brand. And so for us, we like to break it down into six pillars um, is what a brand is. So um, in order of importance, we see them as the value and position of your business, your ideal client, your brand personality, voice and messaging, visual identity, and then your marketing strategy. So for us, it's a trickle down effect. So you have to start with that position, that value that you offer, who your client is. And then from there, you can start to kind of dissolve into all the other aspects. But I think too often, we jump to the bottom tier, we jump to the marketing and the visual identity, Mm -hmm. but we don't spend enough time at the top, which is that value positioning, personality, um, your target audience, those are really the pillars. And if we don't start up there, I think that's when people and business owners start to get frustrated and they feel like they're trying to swim upstream and all that frustration and that disconnect that's what they're experiencing but they're like what is happening I don't understand like where I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> and more than likely it's because they jumped too far ahead and they didn't start at the basics.
0: Yeah. So what are some simple ways like I love those six pillars I think that's really 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 cool. It seems like, you know, understanding your USP, understanding your target market and your niche and kind of knowing what you stand for as a brand. That seems like stuff that you have to know before you engage a designer and like, I could be wrong there, but how do you kind of work out what we stand for, what we really want to be known for, who our target market is? How do you walk people through that?
1: Yeah. So we have a couple freebies that actually walk people through each of these six pillars and we kind of guide them through, you know, here's what we want you to think about in regards to each of these. So we highly recommend obviously a freebie. Um, but also with, for us, when we're actually working with clients, our first phase is brand strategy. So once again, we're, we're we call it brand strategy because it's more than just, Oh, we're going to like look at a, you know, cute little mood board on Pinterest and like pull some colors, like No, we're going to really dig into the value and the messaging, all Mm -hmm. of those things. So we always have like a team strategy call. So if our copywriter, our marketing expert, we all hop on a call and we actually collaborate through each of these six pillars with them. Mm. And then at the very end, we dive into the aesthetics. So, you know, it says visual identity and that marketing, but we spend the majority of this two hour call, I'd probably say like three fourths on those top like four pillars because that's really what it comes down to is understanding that. So whether you're working with a client um, or working with a designer, make sure they have like a brand strategy process in the beginning or um, finding like a freebie like ours that will actually like walk you through what each of those pillars are. Because yeah. as a business owner, you can absolutely tackle each of these on your own with the right guidance.
0: Yeah. I think as business owners, we need to, a lot of the time I see people outsource and abdicate responsibility and I'm not a fan of that I mm. I kind of believe that as a good business owner and as a leader you need to delegate or outsource if, if you're working with an agency but it's on you to communicate your vision and your values and what you stand for and of course like if if like some people I think a lot of people underestimate the power of brand strategy and I think when we rebranded I I remember chatting with you about the website and how I wanted it to to feel and then I remember talking with the um the guys from Avenir and I was like I want to be on the f- like I want to lead in this space and I don't want my mm-hmm. branding to feel the same as everyone else. I don't want it to feel like I'm I'm trying to lead creatives but but my branding prior to that had just initially it was great but like it had just gotten a bit old and a bit stale. And so I knew that it wasn't aligning with my values anymore. And so that was the real kind of, um, I guess, springboard for me to go, "It's it's time for us to do this now. And so I think as business owners, I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this, make sure you do your homework. Don't just kind of hand something off and expect your brand designer to understand the nuance and the intricacies of your story and your brand. Like, you've got to unpack that. You've got to really know what you stand for as well. Do you have any simple things someone could do at home, Lizzie, to really start to brainstorm and start to think about what they can become known for, what their values are or anything like that? Some little quick things people could do?
1: Yeah, I would say if you're looking for kind of like a little cheat sheet, (laughs) um, one of my favorite exercises for clients or even just like friends who come to me and they're like, can you give me some free advice? I'm like, sure. (laughs) And I always tell them, walk through your customer journey through their eyes. So like thinking about how they're going to actually come to us. So whether it's Instagram, um, they've Googled us, whatever it is, and all the way to the point that they're actually booking with us and then they're working with us and offboarding. So Mm. if you can like take to an iPad or even just a piece of paper and write out that journey, um, with maybe a few variations, because of course there's going to be variations and actually understand it from their perspective of like all those touch points digitally and physically, And then think about it from their perspective and kind of just like start to take notes on what you notice. Um, So start to think about, okay, well, this transition seems kind of labor intensive for them. How can I, as the person they're paying, take this on myself, you know, and make this easier for them? How can I elevate this experience? How can I make this simpler for them? Um, How can I make them more excited when they're actually handing over their credit card? Because that's usually when Mm. that, you know, that anxiety. So all those things. Just like map that out and then really start to think about it from their perspective. Um, And that at the very least, like you said, will be that kind of springboard to work off of. But if we don't understand the process and we don't understand our audience and how they come together, then we're definitely (laughs) at a major disadvantage when it comes to branding and, you know, having to try and refresh something.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: So Lizzie, I'd love to know, like for anyone listening
0: who is like, okay, I think it's time for me to rebrand. I'm I'm feeling like it, it's almost time. What are your signs that it is time to rebrand or to refresh your branding?
1: Yeah. So I would say my three kind of favorite <laughs> telltale signs um, are going to be that you don't feel connected and in tune with your audience. So probably similar to you, you're like, oh, I'm working with creatives, but like when they look at my branding, there's clearly a disconnect because I want to be a leader, but my own visual presence is, like you said, stale. It's in the past. Mm. So if you're like, there's this disconnect between them Um, so that was a big one for you. That is a Mm. major sign because what's happening is we need to reestablish credibility and authority. Um, and so that it motivates them to purchase. So that's a big one. Um, if you want to raise your prices, but you feel a little stuck or even like worried, there's anxiety surrounding that like potential of raising your prices. Um, you know, some of it can, can kind of lead into that imposter syndrome, but for us, um, you know, the problem that we find with our clients is that they're trying to charge steakhouse prices, but they look like a McDonald's. (laughs) And so, and they know it. like, even if they don't like consciously know it, subconsciously, they're like, ah, I am the McDonald's on the corner. (laughs) And so we really, we love that idea that like we want them to have a really distinct presence. Um, And we found so many of our clients have gone, upwards of doubling their prices after a rebrand, because now finally their presence matches the value that they're providing. So that's a big one. And then my third one is that honestly, you're just being fed up with being compared to your competitors and finding yourself always lacking. Um, and I feel like similar like when you and I were had a couple conversations early days you know one of the themes was like we want to make Jenny picture jealous you know like we want to be in <laughs> that point where like you know we're making some of our biggest competitors like look at us with green with envy um and so we want this elevated experience we don't want to ever become comparable um mm. and so that's also going to be a big thing when it comes to the value and your offers right that's a big part of being comparable mm. as well but it is also visually if we look like everyone else um you know we're just going to start blending and we don't want to yeah. we don't want to blend
0: oh that is so good and and totally shout out to Jenna Kutcher Jenna I love you
1: (laughs) and one of the briefs I was like to Lizzie
0: I want to be like the Jenna Kutcher of Australia (laughs) and Lizzie was like I'm on it don't you worry about a thing and it was actually really good when I spoke with Avenir and I said the same thing I was like you know check out this chick like this is kind of my vibe for the brand and they were like yeah that's really cool I really like her vibe and they were like but like what if we could make it that that people like her looked at your brand and said, I want to be like, like Laura Higgins. And I was like, I'm so down for that. Mm-hmm. Like what? That sounds amazing. Um, so I love that idea of like, can you just repeat, like rapid fire those three things, those three headings? Cause yeah. I think that you had so much gold in there.
1: Yeah. So you're no longer feeling connected and in tune with your audience. You want to raise your prices, but you're feeling stuck or worried, imposter syndrome. Um, and you're just being tired of being compared to your competitors and falling, falling short. Oh my gosh, totally. Because as creatives,
0: you know, and as a lot of us, we now recognize that we have an online business. And so if I think about, okay, if I had a shop front, how much would I spend on my fit out? How much would I spend on the lighting, on the, like the flooring, making sure it's beautiful on the kind of like the furnishings and i don't know you can tell i don't really know much about interiors but the the fixtures and all the things you'd <laughs> spend like i don't know like most cafe fit outs and i know cafes because that was like where i worked in the past they're like between 50 and 100 grand minimum and i think a lot of the nice mm-hmm. ones now they would be way over that and so if we think about that investment we see the value in that because people are walking into the shop they are walking their little feet into the shop into the space and feeling the vibe but if you have an online business you need to have a version of that and if you think you're going to get that premium experience by spending you know 500 bucks on a website or a logo from fiverr you've got misaligned expectations (laughs) i've got to be real with you like you're not going to get that on a on a fiverr budget I'm all about like outsourcing elements and for sure. Go, I love Fiverr. I love Upwork. But there are parts that you need to invest in. And I really believe that like for most people, your website is your it's the hub of your online business. It is how you communicate and connect with your audience. And your brand is what you're putting out into the world. And so it's so important that these pieces. And I love, Lizzie, that the way you talk about it is like they're all interconnected. Your marketing flows into it. Your your business goals and visions and objectives, that all flows into it as well. Like there's not kind of a, they're not all separate, if that makes sense.
1: No, we like to refer to it as like an ecosystem. You know, they're all working yes. together. They all rely on each other and you start to pull one out and everything else has you know potentially catastrophic, um, you know downfall, and so we wanted to kind of think about how they all play together. They all work together. There is definitely a level of harmony when you're approaching it holistically.
0: Mm, yeah. And then I'd love to talk. Like we've talked a lot about the business strategy side and the like direction and the the kind of vision of your business. I'd love to kind of get into the tactical elements of the visuals. So. Talk to us about the key pieces of the puzzle. Like if we were to kind of make it like a checklist of the key elements of your visual identity, what are the big pieces um, that people need to have covered, do you think?
1: Yeah. So when it comes to looking at, yeah, that brand identity portion of it, that visual identity, um, we love to start with obviously the logos. So we are wholeheartedly um, behind the idea that um, you need to have a couple variations. So everything mm. from like the little, like the more little icon kind of idea, you know, for like maybe your Instagram or something, um, all the way up to like that primary logo that's going to pop, you know, going to be printed everywhere. Um, we like mm. to have variations, um, and we like to specifically make sure those variations fit, you know, usually a specific idea. So like we usually have, for example, like a logo that's usually a little bit thinner, um, and longer so that on your website, you can kind of keep your navigation a little bit thinner. So something like that. Yeah. So we wouldn't like want like a super chunky logo on our website taking up a bunch of space. We want something maybe a little more refined. You know, we can put the chunky stuff down on the footer. So we once again, those logos are being approached from a perspective of where they're going to live. Let's make sure they're working for that space, um, for that digital little print space. Um, So your logos are a big thing. There should be a lot of intentionality behind everything from their layouts um, to just how they're being designed. Um, We love to think about obviously the color palette. So that's a big one. Um, You know, we're very much big fans of having like that primary palette, secondary. um, Some clients, depending on what they need, we even have kind of that third, um, like special special scenario kind of color palette and then neutrals, of course. Typography, so all the fonts—that's my personal kind of joy in life. I'm a type nerd through <laughs> and through. Um, so having, like, once again, kind of its own little mini ecosystem of fonts and how they're all going to mm-hmm. work together. And then I would say, honestly, kind of one of the big pieces is going to be your brand guidelines. So that's that big PDF that your designer hands you that becomes your branding bible. So it's that idea of like, this is how things are going to work. We like to include some of the strategy in there as well. So the idea is that you could hand um, a contractor, you could hand someone this and they you know they would understand not only the visual aspects of your brand but they would also understand some of those core values um there's Mm -hmm. plenty of other little things um you know when it comes to custom patterns um you know icons or illustrations those are great um we do love them they have a place um but when it comes to the core of your identity definitely those those logos um, I say logos (laughs) with an S on the end, um, palette fonts and brand guidelines. That is like your bare minimum.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's so, so helpful. And the thing about the brand guideline, and I know that this might, you know, you might be listening to this and being like, oh, I've got all that. Awesome. If you do have that, but a lot of people don't. And so when they hire or they say to someone, Hey, here's my Canva login, have some fun, create me a PDF or like, I need you to do some Instagram posts for me. When they don't have brand guidelines, someone can go, I've got your font, I've got your logo, and I've got kind of an idea of the colors. And <laughs> if you looked at side by side, how you like expectations versus reality, they can look entirely different. Like I I had worked with We'd brought someone in. um, We really quickly needed some design work um, turned around. It was a while back. And I was like, okay, here's our kind of brand guidelines. But our brand guidelines didn't specify, oh, this particular font, when you use it in headings, do it all in lowercase. Um, We like to use this type of um, spacing for this particular subheading. Like all of those things, those little tiny details if you don't have those, it just means that all of a sudden someone sends you something and you're like "Oh I, I should have i didn't think I needed to communicate that, but i of course I do and so having the awesome brand guidelines as like Lizzie was saying, like your brand Bible, it just means that moving forward, anyone else you plug into your business, if you bring on someone who updates your website, if you bring on someone who looks after some canva stuff for you or socials or whatever." you've got all of this in one place and you've kind of got this one source of truth, um, which is just so helpful when you're busy and you're like trying to offload things. So I find that that's super helpful. What do you think, Lizzie, are the key things every brand
1: guidelines PDF should have? Oh my gosh. So uh, I would say, of course, some of that strategy. So if you've hired a quality designer, they've done their strategy at the very beginning of your project. And so we want to bring that in because Mm. that was hard work. (laughs) And it is a lot of, obviously a lot of information about your business that, like you said, a contractor, whether they're social media or they're you know whatever it is whatever their job is for you um they need to understand like what your what your mission is um you know if you have a certain stance whatever that key information is like we want to make sure that person understands it even if it's not mm. directly related to the fonts it's related to the brand and that is still obviously very big, That's a big piece of the puzzle. So we want to have a lot, some of that brand strategy. Like I said, I I like to kind of start to distill it down. Um, You know, in our process we have a copywriter who does kind of distill a lot of that down. So, um, you know, she inserts a lot of that. And then, um, yeah, we like to just to make sure that you're obviously telling people like, here are the colors, here are the fonts. But really what we're trying to do in these brand guidelines is provide clarity as to how they're being used, why Mm. they're here. Um, The applications, instances when these could potentially be broken or altered in a specific way, like you said, and if we're using this specific type of headline, you know, we need to adjust the fonts accordingly, please see figure A, (laughs) Um, you know, similar with fonts, because we are sorry with, with colors because we very much believe in just having more than three colors for your brand. Um, even if those are your three primary, you know, there's probably still some, some secondary, maybe even some tertiary. So we like to still explain, okay, when do you use them? How do you pair? Um, we've mm-hmm. had some clients who are very specific. They love the colors in their palette, but they're like, I don't ever want to see these two colors on top of each other. Yeah. For whatever reason, she was like, I just don't want to see them. Well, <laughs> that is a yep. key piece of information that she doesn't want to have to relay to every single person she works mm-hmm. with. So it needs to go in the brand guidelines. So same thing with fonts. You know, if there's a very special font that only is to be used for sale, (laughs) whatever it is. Um, So really brand guidelines, it comes down to just that key information that you find yourself having to probably relay to people often. We Mm -hmm. want it to be seen in there. And then information that's going to make sure that it provides a reason why things are being done. Um, I would say that's going to be really the biggest key piece. And I think a lot of brain guidelines, unfortunately, miss that. And like you said, it then just means that either things get missed, and you catch them when they could have been fixed and done properly the first time around. Or you're having to explain yourself every single time. And that's exhausting Mm -hmm. and a waste of your time.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. One thing I really like is having, and because if you're listening to this, like, the goal is that you get your business to a point, unless of course, you're a graphic designer, and you love doing this yourself. Like if that's you, shout out, you keep doing you. But if you're here and you're like, I don't want to be doing this design stuff myself. I want you to think about your brand and think about this process and think of you know future you because maybe right now you, you're DIYing everything. But down the line, it's it'll be awesome when you can start outsourcing some of this to a designer who can do it faster and do it better. And so it's really helpful, I find, Like Lizzie was saying, like having a, I never want to see it like this. Like I have things Mm -hmm. where, and like, I know for me, because I am creative and because I have a design eye and because I've designed websites and done all this stuff, I very much am like, I never want to see that. Like we do it like this. We don't do it like that. And that just gives people clarity, like visuals of the logo should never be stretched like this. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, the there are certain colors in in our branding that in our color palette that kind of they don't work together. And I'm like, I don't want them like they do work, but I'm like, I don't want to see them together. I want it to be like this. So it's all about understanding and not being apologetic for being particular about what you want, but just making sure that you communicate it. Like, cause that's just gonna make everything easier and smoother in the long run, for sure.
1: It's so true. I would say like I remember in design school, my least favorite projects were the ones where they're like, I just need you to design this super like vague prompt and like, just do that. And I was always like, ah, I don't know. Can you give me some specifics? And then, you know, the professor was kind of messing with us, but she was like, no, I'm purposely going to keep things really broad. But as soon as she gave us a brief, that was highly specific, oh my God, the project just went so much smoother. <laughs> so mm. yeah, the more specific you can get about something, the easier it is for anyone that's trying to work on your team in whatever capacity.
0: Yeah. And and on that, th- my last question for you, Lizzie, is if someone listening is like, okay, I'm going to engage a designer and I either don't know how to articulate what I want or I ha- I feel like I have articulated what I want, but it's not turned out how I wanted it. How do you communicate that? And how do you like recommend we give specific feedback? Because I feel like a lot of the time we can be vague and just say like, make the logo bigger, make it pop. And it's like, what does that actually mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you ever tell your designer to make it pop, I guarantee you they'll roll their eyes. Um, (laughs) Like it's our least favorite thing to hear. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So in our every single little welcome guide that we give our clients, we specifically give them kind of three feedback guidelines. And so for us, what it means is to first focus on your ideal client. So of course, we want to make sure that you love your brand. But at the end of the day, you know, it's your target audience is the one that fills Mm. the piggy bank. So we want to make Mm. them happy first and foremost. And then we want to make you happy. So I think sometimes too often, people will be like, Oh, this isn't to like, perfectly my taste. I'm like, Okay, but is it to your target audience's taste, because Mm. like I said, they're the ones who fill the piggy bank. So um, we want to think about like, how would our ideal clients feel about this? How how are they going to connect? Is this going to align with them? We like to also then be as specific as possible. So instead of saying, I don't like this, can we think, I don't think this will appeal to my audience's taste because X, Y, Z, very specific reason. Mm. And then we can attack those reasons head on. Um, and then finally asking questions and just kind of trusting the process. So, you know, if you're like, I, I, I don't, you know, if you're like, I'm just not sure about this color, you can be like something about this color isn't selling well with me. And like, just kind of, even if you have to babble a little (laughs) and like, just kind of like ask us questions, can you be like, can you provide clarity why you've, you've, you know, presented this color to me? So even if Mm. you can't fully articulate why you like something then ask us. Ask for more clarity yeah. and more understanding because a designer worth their salt will have a reason to every line, every icon, every pixel of the presentation. They'll have an intention behind it. Ideally, intention focused on the ideal client and, of course, your bottom line. So ask them. You know, if, if for some reason it wasn't conveyed, um, obviously we don't want every presentation to be four hours long. So we got to hit the high notes. But if you're like, mm. can you better explain this? we can then hopefully provide clarity. um, And at that point, then you can be like, ah, okay, now that I have more information, no, this does not sit well with me because, or, oh, no, I understand. I love it for that reason. Keep it.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's like a really good decision-making filter and a good way to help your designer to get, like you're both trying to get the same result and you're both on the same team. And so I think that's really cool to think. Okay. Okay. How can we both get there? The best way for me to communicate this is X, Y, Z. And yeah, I think that that makes a huge, huge difference. I think as well, it also comes down to like knowing your vibe and trusting your gut. And and like when you choose a designer, make sure that you can see that, oh, I've seen that they've done something, not, not similar design wise, but you can see their their process, you can see what types of clients they work with so that there's an element of, oh cool, they get me. And I think that that really helps you when you, you know, it's really such a trust process. You really are trusting someone with your, your business's identity. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's really valuable to have really in the same way that, like I was saying earlier with a shop fit out, you wouldn't go in and build a shop fit out without a plan, without a strategy or a blueprint. And without clarity on how do we want people to feel when they come into this space? And I think it's the exact same in in your brand. We need to have the blueprint and the strategy underpins the whole thing. The the fun part is the visual. That's the sexy bit that we all really want. But the strategy (laughs) is what makes it function and makes it work. So I think, Lizzie, you do that so well. Lizzie, can you just tell us really quickly before we wrap up, where can people connect with you? Where can people follow you and find
1: you? Absolutely. I would say the easiest place will definitely be Instagram. So we are at White Point Creative um, with a period in between each word. And um, yeah, I I love being in the DMs. I love answering people's questions. We also have a weekly newsletter that I personally respond to every time someone hits reply. So um, I would say those are definitely going to be the two quickest way to get a hold of us and get a hold of the team and ask any questions that you have. We love answering questions. Um, most of the time it will probably be a voice memo of me babbling on and on and giving way too much information. Um, (laughs) but Hey, we love to chat.
0: So good. Well, thank you so much, Lizzie. Thanks for being part of my journey. It's been such a pleasure. Like I've, I love having you in the next level club. I've loved working with you and I'm, I just know as well. And I say this to you all the time and I'm like, Oh, there's so much more exciting things. You, you are like, you'd be an amazing coach. Um, and I know you do a bit of coaching in my marketing playbook <laughs> as well. And I just, and like, I'm just so happy that you you've really found your spot and you're doing so well. So congratulations, um, big love to you and thanks so much for joining us. Well I hope that you found this super insightful and that you were able to take away some things that you can do to upgrade and elevate your branding or maybe you've listened to this conversation and you've realized now is the time for you to rebrand and to think more about how to rebrand your business and to elevate that client experience and that interaction with your brand. Wherever you sit on that spectrum I hope that you feel encouraged, I hope that you feel empowered to go get it done and hey If you're kind of like listening to this conversation with me and Lizzie and you're like, man, it'd actually be awesome to join a community of other creatives to really figure out how to scale my offers, how to work smarter, not harder, how to get more clients, make more money, have more freedom in my business. Then, hey, the Next Level Club could be a really good spot for you. If you want in, all you need to do is go to laurahiggins.com forward slash next dash level. That's like a hyphen next hyphen dash level (laughs) and you can apply to join us and you can hang out with cool people like Lizzie. Alrighty. I love your work. I will see you back here same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, my beautiful friend, go get them.